This is a Cato Special Podcast. I'm Caleb Brown. Before William A. Niskanen was chairman of the Cato Institute, his resume was already that of one of America's most impressive thinkers, having produced voluminous and groundbreaking work in economics. William Niskanen died today at the age of 78. John Samples, the director of the Cato Institute Center for Representative Government, reflects on the life of his friend and colleague. The most pressing memory at this moment I have of Bill Niskanen is a a sort of celebration we had at Cato uh, of his 70th birthday. And uh, as part of that, I was passing his office and he told me to come in and said, take a look at this. And it was a, a letter from Lawrence Summers, very prominent economist and also at that time president of Harvard University. And it was a happy birthday message from Larry Summers. And in it, in the letter, Summers said, uh, to Bill Niskanen, the most honest man in D.C. And I think in many respects that uh, characterizes the man. If you want to th- think about the character of Bill Niskanen as I have uh, lived with him and worked with him over the last decade, He's the most honest man in D.C., and uh, he let the chips fall where they may um, on these issues and on politics. In the late 1980s, uh, Cato President Ed Crane was talking about Reaganomics at an event, uh, and he gestured toward a table in which Bill Niskanen was sitting with some other former Reagan administration economists. And he said, look, here's Bill Poole. Here's William Niskanen. These are all good, small government uh, economists, free market economists, which may go uh, some distance uh, explaining why they are former Reagan administration officials. Mm-hmm. And what surprised me most, and, and something that Ed Crane likes to point out regularly, is that there was a very short time period between Bill Niskanen leaving the White House and coming to the Cato Institute. It was a very conscious choice. Uh, you know, I never talked to him about it, but it was a striking choice. I mean, remember, Bill Niskanen at this point is a very prominent individual in D.C. He had a wide set of choices. He had had a career. He had already established a, a leading name for himself in economics. He could have gone into the universities at the highest level. He could have gone to any of the number of think tanks here in Washington. And he chose, uh, remember, this is 1983, the Cato Institute. This was not the Cato we know today that uh, is prominent in D.C. and nationally. This was a, a, a think tank that had been going for about five years. It had a very distinct uh, set of principles and ideas. And I think that's what led him to do that, that uh, Bill had come to believe that libertarianism was the right political theory, and he believed that this, he wanted to work somewhere that would be animated by principles he agreed with. Bill Niskan was also a uh, big contributor to the field of public choice. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you as you point out, uh, one of his books is considered to be foundational in public choice. Yeah, in the, in the subfield of public choice economics, which, again, has come to be so important in the way everyone thinks about government. We have to remember in the 1970s, everyone believed in government and its benevolence and in its rationality. And uh, a number of books were written in that period founding the public choice school and Bill's uh, bureaucracy and representative government was one of them. 
the basic idea of this book was to point out that you can't simply assume that democracy works, that government represents the will of the people, that there's all sorts of problems for the people have, even through their representatives, in controlling their agents in bureaucracy or even even through Congress. This was really a book that just shook uh, the foundations of Washington and the scholarly world and is, you know— you can, you, if you read about bureaucracy today, frequently you still find Bill Niskanen's book uh, cited, uh, even in contemporary works. One of the few things I knew about Bill Niskanen before coming here to the Cato Institute was this idea that starve the beast doesn't work. The mm-hmm. idea that tax cuts alone could somehow restrain the growth of government, mm-hmm. he empirically showed there's not much evidence to, for that. Right. The... Um, couple of recollections about that. Uh, the one was that, yeah, that Bill had been doing empirical research on that for a long period of time. He didn't see that there was much evidence that it led to redu- reduce spending, and he said so, which was a big deal for someone coming from his background and his, his principles. Uh, and I think uh, at the same time, you know, I'm pretty aware that Bill would have changed his mind about that uh, as he continued to do research if the data had shown something different. The other thing that in terms of research I recall, which I actually discovered when doing research rather than talking to Bill, is he, he had this um, this big uh, thing that happened to him when he was in the Reagan administration where he had done some empirical research and remember, this was probably early 82, just at the moment when deficits were exploding and Congress was talking about nothing else. And Bill went to a conference as the acting uh, head of the, C- uh, the Council of Economic Advisors and said, ah, deficits don't matter. And that's what he had found from looking at, at, at the evidence. Um, and that later became a um, uh, somewhat more, much more politicized idea, but it was one that – and that wasn't even the position of the Reagan administration, I think, at the time. And it caused a big brouhaha. Typical Bill. I mean, he uh, said the truth as he found it. You mentioned being acting head of the Council of Economic Advisors for President Reagan, but hmm. it had a much broader uh, range of activity leading up to that, of course, between K- – between Cato, uh, the Reagan administration. He was also the chief economist at Ford Motor Company. Mm-hmm. He was at the Rand Corporation, and mm-hmm. he was at the Department of Defense, um, and a professor at Berkeley. Well, Bill was one of the best and the brightest, that uh, legendary uh, uh, group of people that we think now of Robert McNamara in Vietnam. But there was a lot of people on the uh, on the domestic side, too. Bill was in the Defense Department. He was one of the, the super bright PhDs that came to Washington. And in some ways, his scholarship was, here I came to Washington and I found things don't work the way they are, they are said to. Uh, he was a did go back into the university for a time in the 70s at Berkeley uh, in public policy, had a lot of devoted students from that period, was said to be a really good teacher. Uh, the Ford Motor Company, though, again, I think of Looking back at this at his time as chief economist there, I think, again, typical New Scannon in the sense that he was chief economist uh, and the company itself had decided in the late 70s, given all that was happening, that they wanted to uh, lobby for and go for protectionism. They wanted protection from the what at the time were the all-powerful Japanese. And Bill said, well, 
okay, but I'm not going to be part of that. And he resigned. Um, so, you know, this was a man that really had a set of beliefs, had a rigorous brain that he used to analyze things, and he wasn't afraid to act on his beliefs, even when it caused him considerable um, problems, as it were. A man, I think, um, a remarkable man in uh, his integrity and his willingness to act on his on his principles. To get a better sense of of how uh, Bill thought about things, mm-hmm. uh, talk about the pictures in his office. Well, the, the thing I remember is Bill had put a lot of emphasis on uh, these three uh, portraits he had in his office. One of Adam Smith, not surprising. Uh, free market economist and the founder of economics. But there was also Charles Darwin and uh, Sir Isaac Newton. And on a few occasions, I heard Bill mention that. He saw all of these uh, great thinkers, obviously great scientists. He saw each of them as people understanding and trying to understand how the world works and understanding it through a kind of spontaneous order idea that this is how the world is not something that's managed, but it's something out there that we can understand. And um, it's something, you know, it, for the social scientists, something that suggests the truths of libertarianism and, and uh, human liberty. So the science, the connection to economics, the idea of human liberty, all of these things, uh, it, it, in a way, Bill was a man really that was very much a part of the flow of Western history and Western intellectual history. John Samples is director of the Cato Institute Center for Representative Government. You can read a great deal of Bill Niskanen's work, including his memoirs of a political economist, at our website, cato.org.